Welcome to Tucson New Thought. To be totally honest, I have felt a little challenged today in preparing whatever it was that I was intending to prepare today. A lot of it coming from the fact that I am in the middle of a concert weekend. I had a show on Friday night. We had two shows yesterday. I have another show. I'm, so just so you all know, I'm not sticking around uh, for our social time after our, our celebration today because I have to get down to the theater. So I'm going to be kind of walking right out the door um, pretty quickly after we wrap up here. But with all the activity that's been going on, you know, I, I thought, oh, I've got so much going on. And I sat down in between shows yesterday. I thought, well, I'm going to work to prepare my, what I'm going to say in between the two shows. And um, yeah, that, that, that wasn't going to happen. <laughs> Mostly because, uh, you know, I've been a minister for eight years now, and it has been my practice to always get up at five o'clock on a Sunday morning and sit down. And that's when I write whatever I'm going to write. It's just that's in my bones now that that's my, my method. So I felt a little challenged and I thought, well, I would really like to sleep in on Sunday morning. Nope, not happening. <laughs> I've given a lot of thought to, well, frankly, I've given a lot of thought to new thought in the world and in my life and uh, in, 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 in the forward momentum of what my ministry is. And, you know, I'm, I'm in the midst of a lot of unknown in my life with respect to my ministry. And there's a lot of, there are a lot of circumstantial details around why that is, none of which I need to get into now. But I just wanted to preface by saying I'm in the midst of transformation right before your eyes. I'm always in the midst of transformation right before your eyes, but right now I'm really feeling like I'm living in the complete unknown. It's, it can be scary. It can be scary. But what I keep reminding myself is, you know what? Feel the fear and keep moving forward. Feel that fear and keep moving forward. Feel that fear and keep moving forward. And, um, it all boils down to this. If I do not have faith, then what's the point for me? If I don't have faith, then what's the point? So irrespective of my not knowing what the future holds. And you know, it's funny because I say it all the time. I'm like, none of us know what the future holds. None of us know what's going to be happening five minutes from now. We have an idea of what we think will be happening five minutes from now, but we could be completely wrong in how that actually plays itself out. We do not know. We don't know. And if you really settle into that knowledge, it can be scary or it can be exciting. It can be exciting because all that I see before me is infinite possibility. All that I see before me is the probability of this infinite power having its way with this experience of life, but being guided by my thoughts, but being guided by my belief, being guided by my feeling. And this is true for each and every one of us, that each and every one of us is being guided by our thoughts, our beliefs, and our feelings, creating the future, but only ever doing it in this present moment. We have an event that's happening on Tuesday. There's a lot of unknown still for me, which freaks me out because from a production standpoint, which is a lot of my background, I think this should, I should have prepared a lot more for this, but it's okay to live in the unknown. It's exciting. 
And I welcome you all to come see how that shows up. <laughs> and then I met with people who were reflecting back to me all those perfect ideas that I hold in my mind. They are the light. They are absolutely the light, reflecting light back to me. I love that. I love that you brought up the ripple, right? When we drop the pebble, the ripple goes out, but the ripple uh, finds another uh, surface and it comes back and it goes back and forth. It'll eventually dissipate. So our job is to keep dropping the pebbles of love, to keep creating those ripples. But one of the things that happened for me <coughs> as a reflection back to me for what was happening in my own thought process was somebody asked me yesterday, I was asked by someone yesterday, and I'm paraphrasing how they, how they, uh, how they presented the question. It was essentially this. They said to me, you use the word philosophy a lot in describing your faith. How do you reconcile philosophy and faith? And I, was, I had to step back for a moment and say, hmm, what do I really believe here? What do I really believe here? So I want to talk about the word philosophy for a moment. I will get to the answer to that question, by the way. I want to talk about the word philosophy for a moment. Actually, I'll answer the question. <laughs> the answer is they are the same and they are different. They are the same and they are different. It depends on our point of view, our understanding. So the, the philosophy of science of mind is a mental construct for an infinite and ineffable energy that is flowing through all creation. So we, through our, the use of our mind, create a mental construct that shows up as the expression of our lives. When I am rooted in the activity when I'm rooted in the activity of thinking and believing, and it is an activity, it is an active thing to think and to believe. When I'm rooted in that, in a specific and forward-moving way, that's the way my life shows up. If I am rooted in that, in a non-specific way, then my life shows up willy-nilly. So philosophy, the word philosophy, so we're, we're, we're engaging in what we call a philosophy. And in fact, I don't think it's in this book. Um, so the, the primary text that we use is the science of mind. I want to see if it's here. There was, a, there was an edition of the book, and it's not in this version. There was an edition, of, an edition of the book where on the cover of the book, it says, the science of mind, the author's name, Ernest Holmes, but in, it had a little subscript that said, a philosophy, a faith, a way of life, a philosophy of faith, a way of life. Now the word philosophy, the root of the word philosophy, if you go back to the Greek, philosophy means love of wisdom, love of wisdom. So there is value in experiencing the love of wisdom. That's what drew me to the science of mind. I loved the intellectual practice. I loved the ideas that it was churning up within me. I loved to think about it. And at a point I had to come to the realization that I couldn't just think about it. I had to put it into practice. 
So there is value first, yes, absolutely value first in understanding the philosophy, but that value is exponentially increased when we live it. This means scary, scary, scary stuff. It means going beyond the known, which is exactly what I'm living in now. Every moment is a brand new moment for me to go beyond what I know and explore and develop more spectacularly my own understanding and sense of wholeness. Because that is the root of this philosophy. Wholeness and understanding of Wholeness is at the root of this philosophy. And this philosophy is designed to drive us to faith. And it is in faith that we live the teaching. We just don't teach it. We have to live it. So what are some ways? It's so funny. You and I had a similar thought uh, to ask. <laughs> and, and I usually say, this is a rhetorical question. This is not a rhetorical question. It's a similar question, though. What are some of the ways we can live the teaching? What are some of the ways that you live the teaching? Good answer. <laughs> Sharing our love. Sharing our love. Being vulnerable. Being vulnerable. Forgive everything. Forgive everything. Love yourself. Love yourself. Show kindness. Show kindness. Trust that you'll be safe. Remember who you are. Remember who you are. Trust. It's, you know, are you, are you sensing a theme here? Yeah. I'm just taking that all in. To do these things from the science of mind perspective, we have to understand the teaching. And the teaching can be summed up in two ideas. And that's the trick. Every week, I'm only ever talking about two ideas. I'm just trying to find new ways to say it. And I've been doing it for eight years. <laughs> <laughs> Do you know what those two things are? The only two things we teach in this philosophy. There are only two things. Yeah. Love and law, we are one. Yeah. 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 The first thing we teach, love, we are one. Those are the ideas. Now, we, we refer to it utilizing this phrase, and it's a gendered phrase, so I'm just going to acknowledge that it is a gendered phrase on the outset and say, we teach the divinity of man, which is inclusive of all people. What we mean by the divinity of man is to say that each and every one of us, and I say it every single week, each and every one of us is God. Each and every one of us is love. Each and every one of us is source. There can be no separation. That's number one. That's the first thing we teach. The second thing we teach is law. The law of cause and effect. Everything that shows up in our life is the result of some cause. That is the effect to some 
cause. And what we teach is that that cause is entirely rooted in mind. So love and law is all we teach. We are God and our lives are flowing forth based on the law of cause and effect. If you walk away today with nothing else, then those are the fundamental things that we teach, the only two things we teach in this philosophy, then I will have partially done my job. Because the next part of my job is to say, great, that's a really lovely intellectual idea, but how do I put it into practice in my life? Well, the tenets of our organization here, love only, forgive everything, and remember who you are, those are actually practical tools that you can engage in Finding out what they mean for you. Those are things that you can engage in to put this into practice in our lives. In the consciousness of oneness, when we understand and know who we are, when we are in love only, we eliminate the petty things in our life and we deepen our experience. Ernest Holmes wrote, when we learn to put away our petty virtues with our petty vices, then we shall see clearly not what either virtue or vice is, but what truth is. We have to be willing to let go of those things that cloud our sight and be the light, as Jerry said. The opportunity to do that sometimes comes from those things come into our experience that cloud our sight, we have to be willing to look at them and say, yeah, this is, this is who I am, and I'm just going to go with it. Sometimes we have to say, be gone with you. <clears throat> Does anyone get that reference? <laughs> Isn't it, didn't Glinda say that to the Wicked Witch of the West? <laughs> be gone with you. So we live a philosophy, a faith, and a way of life. Sometimes those things would come in which cloud our sight, and we need to say, be gone with you. I am done with the cloudy, and I welcome the light. Philosophy means nothing without practicality. Absolutely nothing. Faith is nothing if we do not work it. Absolutely nothing. So let us deepen today with a renewal a renewal toward a way of life rooted in these tenets, rooted in love, forgiveness, and remembering who we are. That to me is philosophy, faith, the love of faith. That's what I want to live, the love of faith. But it also reminds me that we should not reject what we have known. There is value in what we have known. And we can accept the great value in what we have known and add to it. So there are people who come to this philosophy. They come to this tradition in reaction and resistance. What do you think they're in reaction and resistance to? What do you think I'm going to talk about? And some of you may resonate with what I'm about to say. They come to this tradition in reaction and resistance to the religion of their childhood. And frequently, very frequently, that religion is Christianity. And I get it. 
I get it. There are ways in which that ideology has been used to the detriment of people truly living their best life. It is utilized, the philosophy is utilized in a way, can be utilized in a way that is detrimental. But you know what? New thought can be used in a way that is detrimental. It is how do you approach the philosophy that you accept in your heart? And how are you going to move forward? You know, I was not brought up in a religious household. I was not brought up in the Christian tradition, although I am essentially brought up in the Christian tradition because the primary undertone of this entire country and this entire culture is rooted in a Christian ideology. Um, you know, I grew up in some ways with the fear of God. And I didn't even go to church. In this Christian tradition that I was surrounded by and immersed in, my relationship was fraught. And I had to come to a reconciliation in my own heart because it actually, I wish that I had found the new thought ideology much earlier in my life than I found it. And I'm not going to go, because I told the story a million times about how I found it. But if I had found it earlier in my life, and it was a revelation in that moment when I found it because I thought, oh, this is what I've inherently believed to be true. And it seemed in contrast to what was happening around me. I recognized in that moment that I was someone who wanted and, and, and expected my life to be lived in a forward moving way, in a creative way, that I was the center of my own universe. Frankly, we all are. You can laugh at that if you want to laugh at that. But it said, you are the power which you seek. There is nothing outside the self. And I resonated with my soul. And so I was able to, you know, reconcile my life in a magnificent way with the Christianity that was actually below the level of my awareness that I was experiencing and living. But people come to new thought, people come to science of mind, because they are looking to resist. And they don't want to hear anything about Christianity. They don't want to hear anything about Jesus. They don't want to hear any of the New Testament. They don't want to hear it. They just want to live in the intellectual understanding of a spiritual philosophy that says you are the power. But you know what? That's exactly what Jesus was teaching. That is exactly what Jesus was teaching. When I do the first celebration in the morning, um, and I used to do this as part of when we were only having one celebration, I used to do a random reading from this book. And I would reflect on that reading in the moment. And I would say, I would like you to provide for me a number between 23, no, 25 and 423. That's what I would say. I'm not doing it now, so please don't provide me a number. <laughs> I would say, I would like a number between 25 and 400, 423. That's only this much of the book. Do you know what this part of the book is? Does anyone know? The rest. It's the rest. <laughs> Teachings from the New Testament. The science of mind was actually rooted in Christian ideology. And people come to this philosophy thinking that they're escaping that notion. But so much of what we teach was actually what Jesus taught, and Buddha, and Muhammad, 
and Moses and all the great mystics of the world because they were all coming down to the one notion, the one idea, that the only thing there is is love and law. That's it. So the science of mind is primarily, was primarily a Christian teaching. People go, wait, what? Because people come to these centers, they wanna escape that, and yet it is at the root. It is at the root. Science of mind was never meant to be religious. Did you know that? It was never meant to be a religion. Um, it was the, the, the first organization that existed was called the Institute for Religious Science. It was more of an educational understanding. It was to say, we can have this understanding of a metaphysical take on the great spiritual faith traditions of the world, and it can work, it, it, it can work in, what's the word I want to look, what's the word I want to, it, it can be a compliment, that's the word, I, it can be a compliment to your religion or to your faith. That was what Ernest Holmes wanted. He wanted this to be a compliment to what was already the truth of your soul. So science of mind was never meant to be religious. It was meant to help create a construct, an understanding, a consciousness of the love for the wisdom and a love of your faith, a philosophy. It did, ex it did start with an exploration of Christianity. But again, that book was the revised edition written in 1938. And Ernest Holmes evolved. Do you know who he was studying towards the end of his experience on this plane of action? And who he had dined with and was very interested in knowing all that there was to learn? Anyone? Yo Yogananda. He had made his evolution. And if you look at what he was doing and writing at the, towards the end of his experience, it is much more in line with that with the philosophy of Hinduism. And so it is our work to continually be on, a, on an exploration of faith. But let us, not, let us not discount what was because there is value in it. Because some people take this idea and say, we must reject, we must reject all of that. And I would say, yes, definitely reject what doesn't work. But look for the depth of meaning as well in what there is out there. So this month being joy casting, that's the joy cast is the theme of the month to say that we are, you know, casting our joy forth and trusting it is reflected back to us. I would say today's Joycast idea is this, be the one who initiates reconciliation. It starts in your own heart, but we can heal the world through the reconciliation of our own understanding of who we are now and who we were then, because we're still, that's still part of us. When we offer that olive branch of reconciliation, not to anybody else, but offer it to ourselves. Imagine how much more free your life will become. Take the time to reflect on the good things from your past. Honor 
the benefit that those things have brought you. Step away from resistance. Step away from resistance. Because what happens in resistance is you're actually creating a mental construct of the thing that you are resisting and you are reinforcing that thing to be in your life. Let your resistance go because what you resist persists. When you let the resistance go, when you actually address and deal with those things, when you say, I find what there is to love in what was, it, it will transform your life. Acceptance of your past does not mean blanket acceptance. I've already said, you know, let, let go of what doesn't work. But truly let it go. Don't give it to a mental idea of, I'm letting it go. No, truly let it go. Be done with it. Acceptance means a willingness to do the work. Acceptance means the willingness to do the work. After all, your entire life is constructed by your use of this infinite universal mind. 100% of it is constructed by your use of mind. You get to decide your relationship. You get to decide your relationship with what has been and what will be, and it is all done here and now. Are you willing to move forward with that in mind, to let go of resistance, to deepen your love of faith? to deepen into what there is to be known, to perhaps revisit things that you may look at with new eyes because you are a new person in this moment? Do you have the willingness to do that? You get to decide. You get to decide. And frankly, it's no one else's business but yours. Namaste. Namaste. Hello, this is Reverend Jonathan Zenz, and I want to thank you for listening to the podcast of My Sunday Message. Your financial support will ensure that we can continue to offer this as an option for inspiration. You can make your tax-deductible contribution in any amount on our website, www.tucsonnewthought.org. Once again, thank you for listening. You are magnificent. Namaste.